Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Welcome. You're listening to Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. My name is Layla, and I'd like to thank you for joining us. But before we get into the Word, let's take a moment and pray. God, we thank you for today, and we thank you for your word, Lord, that you supply all our needs according to your riches and glory. Lord, we thank you for your provision. We thank you for our partners and our listeners, Lord, that you are blessing them. You're causing them to excel and increase in knowledge and understanding of you, Lord. We thank you for helping us walk in love, Lord, and for showing us your love, God, in all the ways and facets that you display your affection for us, God. We receive them, Lord, and we thank you for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. In Jesus Almighty name. Amen. And amen. Well, welcome. God bless you all. We're glad to have you with us. And we are glad to get back in the word with each and every one of you. This morning, we are moving forward into chapter four. And we're going to cover the first six verses. So can I get a volunteer to read that section of scripture, please? I will. All right, Charles. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called into one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Amen. Mm-hmm. So, this is the the chapter that many have pointed to to demonstrate in Scripture a strong functioning church where every member is contributing. Right? This is this is the chapter that many have said as the example of or or what each church has aspired to be like. Right? The Ephesians 4 church, where every member is contributing, they're moving with might and power under the the will and the spirit of the Lord to accomplish all his plans and his purpose on the earth, right? Yes. Okay. So uh, I'll bring this up because it is important. All of scripture is important. But these six verses are, are vital because it bridges, if you will, what we were just talking about in the previous episodes, which is the family structure and dynamic that the Lord created, right? Understanding, truly understanding his love for each and every member of the house of the Lord, right? And not just the house of the Lord, but all of his creation with the, the hope that none should perish, right? Yes. So, in the, in the previous episode, we were speaking about how the Lord's love extends to every person. It gives them exactly what they need to function, to thrive for, well, I'll say it in this way, to fulfill the destiny track that he has for each and every person, right? Mm, that he yes. had predestined long before even the foundation of the earth, okay? Mm-hmm. Yes. So understanding that, right? his love 
That's why he is saying, therefore, I beseech you as a result of those things. Our Lord loves everyone equally. He's able to make it all accomplished as, as far as his plans, his works, his will, the purpose, his covenant. He is able to carry it out and make it all work out for every individual that's in alignment with him. So he, in this case, Paul, is yes, beseeching or encouraging and even admonishing others to, to latch on to the Lord in full, to truly understand his love for them and how there is room for everyone, not just a select few. And everyone has the opportunity to come into alignment and function and thrive as a family in unity, everyone working towards I'll say the common goal, which is accomplishing the Lord's plan here on the earth. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yes. In order so that everyone has the opportunity to re-enter the heavenly community. Okay? So yes, that being said, we're going to open up the floor and give each of you the opportunity to share what Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and ask any questions that you might have. So who would like to begin? I would. All right, Layla. Something that the Lord caught my attention when he was, when Paul was writing and he kept saying one spirit, one father, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and, you know, continuing that way. It was also establishing the the standard. He's saying there's one standard. There's one metric, if you will, one measuring stick. It isn't. It doesn't change from, from one person to the, to another. It's the same. An example, like, me and the boys, we all live by the same standard. It, it, it isn't lowered for me or raised for LaCharles and stays in the middle for promise or vice versa. It's it's constant and the same. And another thing that the Lord was showing me concerning like house rules, like we that's the same as having a standard house rules. What you do when you're in a particular house, do they allow you to wear your shoes on the carpet or do you take them off at the door? Do you stand on the couch or do you sit on the couch? Here in this house, you leave your shoes by the front door and don't stand on the couch if you... Uh, hope to avoid <laughs> trouble. And the other thing that the Lord was showing me was p- when people come into our house, when they come to visit, they also have to live by the standard for this house. They may have different rules at home that allow them to yell at the top of their lungs, but in here you're going to use your inside voice and you are going to walk with self-control and everything else. It doesn't change because, well, you're not part of our family. You don't permanently live here, but if you come to visit, you're going to live by the standard as well. So for the people that want to come into God's family, they want to enter into his kingdom, they have to live by his standard. They have to play by his rules. It isn't changing because uh, they didn't originate there or they didn't think it should. the standard should be this way. Like our cousins, they have different rules at homes, but at home, but if they come and visit, they have to follow the same rules that we do. Mm-hmm. Now, there may be a little bit of grace given to them because they weren't raised the exact same way that we were and they aren't, um, they're not used to living this way, but it, it is n- not an excuse for them to do whatever they want to. There's that, that moment of, okay, maybe you didn't know, but now you do know because we just told you. And if you choose to live contrary to that, contrary to that, that's because you wanted to, and that's because you don't want to be a part of this family. You don't want to be here. That's the same way that it works with us and the Lord. If we willfully choose not to do what he wants to, that means we don't want to be where he is. We don't want to be his son or his daughter. And we don't want to be in his family. And that's fine. He gives us a 
our own choice. I want to advise that you do that. But he allows us to choose. And, that, and if that's what you choose, he loves you enough to let you have your choice. He's not going to force you to do it. That's Amen. just how it works. He said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Right. Not say that you love me. Not dance that you love me. Not sing that you love me. That you'll do what he's asked to be done. You will keep his commandments. And that's how he distinguishes. I mean, God is the easiest the easiest person you're ever going to love, the Godhead. That's the easiest love you're ever going to or the easiest relationship you're ever going to find because he makes it very clear how to love him, how, what he perceives as love. It's not words. It's not song and dance. It's not niceties and pleasantries. If you love him, you'll keep his commandments. It's plain and simple because that's what comes out of your heart. So I, I love knowing that about our God. He has one standard. He's no respecter of persons. The scripture says that plainly throughout the Bible. And um, he shows no personal favoritism. He loves all and he honors those who honor him. So just realizing and that he's one God. Um, promise you had something to say, sweetheart? Yes, mommy. Okay, go for it, baby. Well, as you were speaking, you hinted on what well, you said that there is one principle and that principle isn't what we perceive the principle is it's what the lord says and it's not what someone else says about it it's exactly what the lord says and nothing we can do can change that <laughs> amen and mommy you talked about how our actions should be exhibiting and that principle and that standard if you want to be a part of that body but also we shouldn't be going well lord you have to lower it for me this one time and we shouldn't be looking for concessions because then We'll continue to make concessions inside of our own life. Mm -hmm. And as a result, it'll just worsen. Amen. And instead of actually having a relationship with the Lord, you're just looking for the blessings and expecting the Lord to look past the things that are wrong. Amen. God is the ultimate father. And the Lord Jesus is the best big brother that anyone could ever have. And I say that because, right, the scripture calls him the firstborn among many brethren, right? Amen. So we're his yes. brethren. So when the Lord was in his earthly ministry with his disciples, when he first called them, he offered them an immense amount of grace as far as them understanding him and, you know, walking with them and being able to, their ability to perceive and flow with the concepts of God. But then after time, there came a time where he said, don't you understand? Are you still without faith? Where's your faith? Where's your understanding? And as you often bring up, my love, is your heart hard concerning this matter? So he expected them to grow up, but he knew when to make accommodations for their inexperience, their, their spiritual youth, and when to hold them to that higher standard. And because God is the ultimate father, he knows when we're babies, you know, when, when you guys were babies, I didn't expect you to mop the floor or not to make a mess. I didn't expect you to change your own diaper or to get yourself food, but rest assured after years, <laughs> after some years rolled by, you know, we expected you to, yes, uh, don't make a mess or limit the mess that you make change go to the bathroom we're not doing diapers anymore right we expected you to begin to mature into the level that was appropriate for where you are and demonstrate 
your capabilities that you've learned from your time with us. We expected that. And we continue to transition with you all the way through your life. And we have expectations on each marker. So likewise, the ultimate father and the best big brother knows, and the, the one who is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the hearts knows where we are and what we're capable mm -hmm. of and has an appropriate expectation. So, you know, if I'm, I'll say spiritually in my forties and I'm going, Jesus change my diaper. He's going to go, uh, <laughs> we will have a conversation because I know, you know, better. I taught you better than that. Right. <clears throat> yes, yes. And for me, that would be equivalent to being uh, in self pity. You know, God knows my, knows my language. And sometimes I want to pull my thumb out and suck it and look in his eyes and he slots it out of my hand. I'm like, Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Let me get my faith out. <sighs> you know, shine that, that shiny faith apple up and go, okay, Jesus, here I am. I'm ready. I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. But he always has an appropriate standard that he expects us to walk by. When we're babies, he gives us lots of grace. When we're babies in our faith, he gives us lots of grace and goes, yay, you did it. Woohoo! You made boom, boom in the potty. Right. But when we, <laughs> when we get older, All right. <laughs> when we get older, he's like, I'm not going to applaud because you did the basics. It's equivalent to a, a parable where he talks about what servant, I mean, what master has a servant who's been in the field and tells the servant when he comes in, sit down and eat first and then serve. And, you know, I'll, I'll wait for you to get done before I ask you to do finish your job. He says, no, you're going to come in and then you're going to serve the master until the master has eaten. And then you're going to go and take care of your own provision and you're going to eat your food and, and rest and things of that nature. So he does expect for us to mature, to be able to do what he's called us and created us created us to do which is verse one of chapter four therefore the prisoner of the lord i'm sorry i therefore the prisoner of the lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called that's in fullness that's not just saying i'll stay away from sin but it's also having the right perspective being appropriately mature when it's time yes mommy amen the charles go ahead sweetheart well, what the Lord was sharing with me, um, and Dad, you were talking about how this is for us as a church, and the Lord was reminding me that this is also a warning for us. Um, and the Lord reminded me of there's many things that you and Mommy may tell us, and you tell us you want this done, but there's the inherent flip side of it. And if this is not done, there'll be trouble <laughs> waiting at the end. And but that's, also, let's recognize, right, is we're not the Lord, right? But he yes. has given and put us in a, in a place of authority, right? Mm-hmm. So even though we're asking, let's get down to the court. Are we really asking? No. Okay. No. So likewise with the Lord, even greater so with the Lord, right? When he's asking us to do something, is he really asking? No. Or is it a commandment? A commandment. Okay. So let's recognize that though, because oftentimes whether we're ch as children with our natural parents or you know, as spiritual sons and daughters of the Most High, right? We like to think we have options <laughs> and go, oh, yeah, well, that, that's just a nice thought, and mm -hmm. but I don't want to do that, so I'm not going to. And there are consequences for that, right? So so mm -hmm. let's, let's understand that so we can approach this and what you're about to say with the right perspective, all mm -hmm. right? Yes, Dan. And the scripture says when you're willing... And that's the one. ...and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. So... Him asking us is an opportunity for us to get willing. So that way, 
as we follow the commandments, there's a blessing associated at the end, not just the, okay, you're done. You're, you did it. Thanks. Right. Yes. Mommy. Because the, there's a two prong component. And likewise with us, when you complete your task with a smile on your face, you reap much more blessing than if you do it grudgingly, because I'll be on your back. <laughs> and, and, and the task, right? The thing that we asked or commanded That's right. is done in full, right? In excellence, right. Yes. right? And to the best of your ability, you're going to reap what, much more blessing, a greater um, freedom, blessing, and reward if you do it in a willing manner. But if you do it grudgingly, you're going to heap trouble. You're going to inhibit that blessing, interfere with it, how it flourishes in your life, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. mommy. Uh-huh. So please continue, sir. So though. I would like to bring us to 2 Corinthians. This is chapter 11. I'll read verses 4, then I'll skip down to um, 13 through 15. For if he who comes preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you have received a different spirit which you have not received, or a different gospel which you have not accepted, ye may well put up with it. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. And we see here that Paul and the Lord is telling us to be uh, conscious and wary of things that aren't right, meaning that we he's talking about how we all have the same father, meaning Jesus is our and the Godhead is our father in heaven. But if that's not the case, that should cause red alarms to go off in our minds, meaning that that's a way that we can check with ourselves to make sure that we're actually doing what's correct. And he's also describing to us various things. So he says um, that this is something you tell us all the time is you say you guys are supposed to keep each other accountable. It's not Mm -hmm. just my nose is clean, so I'm good. But. When you see other people doing something wrong to speak up and encourage them to do what is right, even actually more so before they do something wrong. Mm-hmm. When you see that glint in their eye as though they're going to do something wrong to encourage them to do so, to do the right thing and, um, and to do the right actions. And the same is true here is that he's saying, okay, I this is what you're supposed to be doing. This is the conduct, like the rules that she brought up, Leah. This is the conduct. So if you're doing something different than this, that is something that should cause you to pause and to re-examine yourself. I know um, sometimes in my own life, the Lord will have to remind me that because there's things I think that are so cool. And I say, oh, Lord, look what I can do. And the Lord's saying, um, that's not of me. And I'm, oh, and it caused me to stop and pause. And I have to check myself because in the moment, I didn't necessarily know what's wrong. But when he tells me about it, then oh. I'm... Uh, obligated as you're saying to follow it because now i have no excuse and the lord is not looking to catch us in sin but he's looking to hedge us in i say you don't wait for a dog to escape you before you put a leash on you do it beforehand before you go out the door so the dog doesn't run away and we're not dogs but we're sons and daughters of the most high but the principle is the same he's not waiting for you to sin so he can chase you but he's giving you the weapons that you need beforehand so you don't have to so you don't sin. You don't have to ever sin. Amen. Amen to that. Amen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a lot in, in what everyone has said. When it comes down to unity, right? As you were saying, we are to, yes, hold each other accountable, right? 
But haven't we, if you look at what that accountability is, it is acting out of love. It's not coming, coming down, if you will, like gangbusters and bonking people over the head with the Bible and the word, right? But saying, hey, did you, do you realize what you're doing? And, and again, even with that, right, that's, if the Lord, that's with your siblings. These are, these are your peers. They're equal, right? They're brothers and sisters biologically, but first and foremost in, in the Lord. So for us, we should, yes, be aware and minister to each other their needs. That is a demonstration of love, right? Yes. yes. It's not pointing out their their flaws and their faults, right? What, what, yes. what, I'll use this as an example. Because it kind of goes along with the family thing. When you, If you really examine, uh, have any history of, you know, say combat sports, you know, boxing, mixed martial arts, all those things. There are a few great fighters, if you will, people that you would consider warriors in, in their respective sports, their respective combat sports, that were taught and trained by one or both of their parents, typically the father, right? Now, is it that the father wanted to be mean and just put him through a whole lot of pain and, you know, blood, sweat, and tears? No. No. He is helping train them and to take things that are, are potential weaknesses and tweak them, fine-tune them, refine them, right? So that they are now strengths and they can thrive and flourish and function in the thing that they were called to do, if you will, in that, that sport, right? Yes. How's that any different from in a, in a regular family structure? But again, we have to have that understanding of what the Lord is doing in our lives, right? Yes. How he is refining us. He is fine-tuning us. He's taking all those little areas that we're lacking in and tweaking them to build us up so that they're no longer weak areas, but they are strong and we are strong, right? They are now strengths as opposed to weaknesses. And... The process is, is slightly different for everyone, but there are still some key, some core similarities there throughout the entirety of the family. And yes, uh, I'm speaking twofold here. One, for your, your natural family in your house, but also as the family of the Lord, right? The heavenly community that is here on the earth. He is refining each and every one of us. And in that accountability is also a would it, I'll say it in this way. Would it be loving to see someone and not go to them directly? Would it be loving to see someone that's an error or is struggling in an area and go and point out their flaws and their faults to everyone under the sun, but never to them? No. 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 And is it, would it be loving to ridicule them over their flaws and their faults as opposed to saying, hey, I know you're struggling in this. I see it, right? But I'm here to help. I'm here to walk alongside you and help refine you in this area. What's more loving? The walking beside them. Okay. So when we say, yeah, hold each other accountable, let's, let's get a, a true and accurate understanding of what is being said, right? Because yes. it's all supposed to be done in love. 
demonstrating the same love the Lord showed us. Yeah, he, he if you will, I won't say pointed out our flaws. He, they are revealed to us, absolutely. But they're revealed to us so we don't remain there, that we grow in him, in the things of him, his nature, his character, his attributes in our lives, and are helping our siblings, those that are, I'll say, older or more mature, are helping the, the younger ones or the, at this time, less mature, so they can come up and get to, at a minimum, the same level, if not surpass them. Right? We're all growing together. Yes. Hence, there's grace. But it is an impossible, impossible thing to do if we're trying to do A, of our own flesh, and then B, we're not doing it out of love. Because it wouldn't bring about unity, which is exactly what Paul is writing about here. Oneness. One. There's one, one body, one spirit, one hope, one calling, one faith, one baptism, one Lord. Even in Acts, what does it say? That they were all in one accord, right? Mm-hmm, in yes. one in one mind and in and with one voice, or in, in other places we'll say, in one mind and in one accord. They were in agreement. Everyone was working together. That's what that's supposed to look like. That's mm-hmm. what we should be thriving and functioning in today. It shouldn't be that the the greatest, you know, if you will, matters and of people walking in one accord were 2,000 years ago, right? Or thousands of years ago. Shouldn't we have been refined and gotten to an even greater place of walking in unity in the Lord, being led by Him and His Holy Spirit in our lives, demonstrating His love, His grace, putting our faith, hope, and trust in Him? Yes. Okay. Demonstrated by our obedience. Isn't that doing what he's asked us to do? Even in holding, and I say holding each other accountable, but we we just talked about what that accountability is and looks like and what is meant by that. What demonstrates the love of God more? What is more likely to bring about people to repentance and for them to move forward as opposed to sowing seeds of strife and discord in the body? We need to understand this so we can move forward and be instruments of righteousness. Yes, Dad. Yes, Dad. Okay. Yes, Dad. I know there's a lot in there, so we're going to pause there for today and, and just allow the Holy Spirit to, to minister to you and meditate on that. And and we'll cover, you know, it, I'm sure in greater detail as we move forward in this this chapter because there's, there's much to understand in order to thrive and function and complete or fulfill all that the Lord has called each and every individual to do in the greater part of the Lord's will, plan, purpose, and covenant for the destiny track and what he's doing. Amen? Amen. 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 All right, well, let's pause there for today. And with that, can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, I promise. Lord, just thank you for today. Just thank you for... Showing us what real love is, Lord, and just showing us directly, Lord, and just giving us the ability to teach others, Lord, but also more importantly that they can learn from you directly, Lord. And, Lord, I also thank for giving us your spirit, Lord, and 
everything that comes with the Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on connect in the menu bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says subscribe. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.